Hey everyone, you know me as Ron Thomas, also Sensei Ron Thomas, and I play the role of Bobby Brown in the original Karate Kid. You're listening to Cobra Kai Companion, and here's what I want you to remember is, I would have beaten that guy. Welcome to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion, and I am Peter, also host of Podstalgic. And I am Tom, also co-host of Jake and Tom Conquer the World. And we are back with another interview, and wow, this was another fun one. You know, let's just say who it is. It's Ron Thomas, who played Bobby Brown from the original Karate Kid. Yes, uh, one of my personal favorite Cobras. Yeah, I think he's kind of like, you know, Aisha with the new class. I, I feel like Bobby Brown might have been, you know, aside from Johnny Lawrence, but I think he was also a fan favorite. Mm, absolutely, yeah. I mean, he does kind of mention that a little bit uh, in the interview, but what a bunch of great stories he shared from the original movies. And I know there's a lot of content out there, but I'd imagine you'd have to have a lot of time to find certain stuff like that. So I'm enjoying hearing some of this stuff straight from the actors themselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just absolutely fascinating. Uh, Definitely gives a whole new perspective on the movie as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this is our conversation. This is Ron. Hey, Sensei Thomas. It's Peter. Hey, Peter. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing this afternoon? Good. Okay, great. Um, So first off, we want to thank you for coming on to our little show here to uh, discuss some Karate Kid. Um. What we like to do on the show is try to find out some more backstory and some more behind the scenes, because I feel that's what our listeners like. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about the auditioning process for your role of Bobby Brown on The Karate Kid? Sure, I can do that. I was, that was taking me back, but, you know, I came to Hollywood uh, to be a professional actor. Uh, Before I even came to Hollywood, I was already a black belt in sport jiu-jitsu or Kodenkan jiu-jitsu, I should say. I was a a team trainer for the United States jiu-jitsu team after the Karate Kid. But I came to Hollywood as already a black belt, uh, something I was doing in my hometown of Reno, Nevada, because I was uh, small in stature. And and I actually had my own uh, very first Cobra Kai moment in Reno, (laughs) a freshman in high school. And I weighed in at under 100 pounds, if you can believe that. Just under 100 pounds. And and um, just under uh, five feet. I was, you know, that was my freshman year. And I weighed in with the junior varsity PE coach and he said, go home and eat, son. <laughs> so I was walking the halls of, of this large high school, you know, my very first day and, and I'm, I'm alone and I'm looking down the hallway and here come four guys. And it could have been, it might as well have been Johnny, Bobby, Tommy, and Dutch headed straight at me. And, um, as I'm passing them, one of them stepped out from the crowd and punched me straight in the face for no reason. I didn't know who these guys were. They did it for fun. And um, they were like Cobra guys. <laughs> so, crazy. so I got involved with the mar- I got involved with the martial arts. But anyway, I, ca- I came to Hollywood. Uh, I was a professional actor already. I was doing theater and everything. And um, 
pursuing my dreams as an actor. So I got this call for this movie called The Karate Kid, which at the time I thought was uh, kind of a corny title for a movie. <laughs> and um, I said, great. You know, I told my manager, great. Uh, you know, I'm a black belt. And he said, yes, you are, but don't talk about that. I said, what? The movie's called The Karate Kid. You don't want me to talk about my martial arts background? And they said, no. They're looking for serious actors. They don't want to, they're going to train you anyway. They're going to train you with this guy named Pat Johnson. And they want to know about your acting. They don't want to know about your martial arts. So don't talk about it. So that was a very strange thing, mindset for me to head into this audition with not, you know, holding my tongue about my martial arts background, but I did what my manager asked and I went in, I actually read for the part of Johnny originally. Oh, that would have been a completely different movie. Yeah. I think, you know, I, again, I was Billy Zapka is a little bit taller than me. I think they wanted Johnny to be a little bit head, a little bit taller than the rest of the Cobras. There's a lot of detail like that that goes into casting. But um, whatever reason, I, I got a call back uh, to be, you know, Johnny's wingman, so to speak, his best friend, Bobby. And um, and went in. And at that point, I think I was on my third call back, went over to Columbia Pictures, reading for John Avildsen. John Avildsen films everything. Um, and he actually had me read with uh, with Ralph. And I just remember after I got to that point, I got so close on this thing. And I'm in, the, I'm in reading for this legendary director who d directed Rocky. And I'm like, wow, this is you know, a little bit intimidated. All the other actors were in the room too. Some, some famous young actors that, you know, if I, if I went through the list, you'd know their names, trying out for different roles. And I just remember John Avildsen, I'm face to face with Ralph Macchio. And for whatever reason, he got really close to me. I mean, he just put his face like within six inches of mine. And I'm staring at Ralph and I'm trying not to break character. And that's, I think what he was trying to do is to see if I was going to break character and look at him. But, um, and then he just walked away. It was a surreal moment. And I just, you know, I held my own. I didn't break character. And anyway, long story short, I got the part. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. You know, I, I think, or, um, as, or fans, maybe that was a long story. <laughs> I, well, it's a great story nonetheless. Um, I think yeah. as fans, we always wonder, you know, which, which actors actually had some, uh, prior background in martial arts with your character of Bobby. I always kind of wondered because, uh, I really, I really love your stance. You know, it's kind of like wide legged. Is that, was that, um, something natural to you? Was that, uh, something directed by Pat Johnson, perhaps? No, Pat, and Pat Johnson didn't know I was a martial artist until about six weeks into training when he finally figured it out. And he walked over to me one day and he said, you know something, don't you? And I, and I had to finally spill the beans on, on Pat. But the wide stance really comes from more of a jujitsu-based background, not a karate-based, uh, where jujitsu is... The jiu-jitsu I come from is Japanese. I'm not, not Brazilian, but we do a lot of grappling on the ground, a lot of throwing, and a lot of um, stand-ups, punches and kicks, er joint locks, everything. So jiu-jitsu being the mother martial art, every martial art came from jiu-jitsu. So the base, that low base is something that came natural to me from jiu-jitsu because you want to create a low base because when you're grappling, people are trying to throw you. And the lower base, we used to call it an earth stance where you're grabbing that ground. That base came from, you know, 
it was just something I was used to, you know, trying, I can be able, I can punch and kick from that, from that space, but also not get thrown. Yeah, I, I would definitely uh, kind of encourage the listeners to kind of go back and watch some of those uh, scenes, you know, where you are kind of sparring with somebody. It, it's it's very, I don't know if unique is the right word, but it stands out uh, in comparison to the other uh, actresses, yeah. you know, fighting stand. So I, I dig it. I, I think it's, it's a great look on yeah. Bobby. Yeah, and it came from those other fighters. Uh, if you're talking about the extras, like the extras in the fight scene, those were... Those were black belts that were brought in around the Los Angeles area to be extras and extra fighters, but they're, they're doing point karate, which was the basis of the movie, but point karate, their, their center of gravity is up. When you're in, involved with a throwing art like judo or jujitsu, you want to lower your center. So yeah, that's where that comes from. Yeah. You mentioned that you read for the part of Johnny. What did you think about the character of Bobby, him being so different from, you know, the rest of the Cobras, kind of being the one with, a, you know, with an actual conscience and trying to break up fights when it gets a little out of hand? You know, as much as I would have liked to have, have a little more substance as an actor to get, you know, you always want the bigger role. Bobby is one of the um, is the character in the movie that has a huge fan base globally because of that, because he was the compassionate one, the one with a uh, sense of consciousness and conscious and level-headed and, and um, you, you know, kind of a guy that was mixed up in the wrong crowd. I think the heart and soul of Bobby is revealed at the beginning of the movie and also at the end. Um, in the beginning, it, when we're on the motorcycles and Johnny says – in substance, not word for word, but something like, you know, this is my senior year. We got one more year to make it right. And that's what I'm going to do. Make it right. And he turns to Bobby and he says, right, man. And I say, that's right. And right there, I think that as an actor, I, and, and even as a, just somebody observing the movie, Bobby, it was his idea to make their senior year. Right. I can envision a conversation between Johnny and Bobby about, Hey, let's make, and Bobby, initiating the idea that Johnny, man, we got one more year to make it right. Let's do this. And he convinces Johnny that it's going to be, that they're going to, they're going to course correct. And they're, and they're going to be good guys. You know, let's, let's make the, you know, let's do this right this last year. And then of course, Johnny goes off the deep end when Allie starts and Daniel starts flirting with Allie. So right there is, I think a revelation in Bobby's heart and soul. But at the end, he he didn't want to hurt anybody and he, he didn't want to get disqualified and uh he just wanted to win he would have won the, he, not only do i think you know he wanted to win the tournament i think he would have you know in reality and there's a scene that we shot that was written in the script and we actually shot it and we didn't john navelton for whatever reason didn't use it in the movie and um that is when after bobby hurts daniel's leg He's really sorry, really remorseful. He stands up and he walks across the tournament floor toward Crease, takes off his black belt, drops it at Crease's feet, and walks out of the tournament. Hmm. That's that's the heart and soul of Bobby. Um, but that did not get used, unfortunately. I believe that scene is actually mentioned in the novelization of The Crowded Kid. Yeah, it, it probably is. Um, you can see it. In, in the rehearsal videos that John Albertson put online on YouTube. I, I'm glad you, I wanted to ask about those. Yeah. You can see it where I, I, I throw the, throw the belt at, at 
Creases feet in anger. I think when we shot it, I was more like just, I, I, if I remember right, I had tears in my eyes and I just kind of, instead of throwing it so hard down in anger, I just kind of dropped it at his feet and walked out the walk out of the tournament. See, that wasn't in the version I saw. I saw the one where somebody added the score, which I believe is a few minutes shorter than the one that John Alfredson posted himself, I believe. Could be. I haven't, you know, you could be right. I haven't watched all of them. Sure, sure. Now, I was going to ask about those uh, rehearsal videos. Can you uh, maybe shed a little bit of light on that process? Because from what I understand, that's not the way that rehearsals generally go, is it? No. Uh, John Albertson is a very unique, underrated Hollywood director. You know, the late John Albertson, I should say. And he was an editor prior to being a director, so he understood where he wanted to make his cuts in a movie. And he, he pretty much filmed the whole movie in rehearsals before we filmed the movie. So he had his storyboard was actually video. And even after we got done filming the movie and in the years after every time I would see John Albertson at an event or something, he would always have a video camera in his hand. I mean, he lived, he lived for making movies and, and videos. And so he filmed it. He filmed the whole rehearsal process so that he would have something to look at knowing he knew exactly what he was doing going into, you know, the first day of, of live camera. Can you talk a little bit about the scene where um, it's, I think, I don't know if it was actually soccer tryouts or soccer practice, but there's that moment where you and um, uh, Ralph's character, Daniel, they, uh, I think there's a sweep of some sort or a leg kick and then you guys start wrestling. Yeah, that was just, that was written into the script and um, we were on the soccer field and, and Johnny signals to Bobby to take Daniel out in essence. And so Bobby, you know, Bobby having fun doing what he does, um, trips Daniel in the soccer field. And then Daniel jumps on top of Bobby. And, and when we were shooting it, Ralph actually punched me in the face. He punched me, he bloodied my lip. Actually, he hit me with his forearm, you know, with the, the fist was supposed to go past my face. So it looked like a real punch. He jumps on top of me, but he actually hit me with his forearm and bloodied my lip. And we never broke character. And then when John says cut, the camera stopped rolling, the first thing Ralph did was beeline right for me. And he, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I'm like, it's okay, Ralph. I've been hit harder. Trust me. It, it seems like he was in character, too, because he sucker punched Johnny on the beach. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> He's a bad guy, man, that Ralph. That's what we hear. Now, what do you what do you think about all those fan rumors that say that Daniel was the actual bully and that uh, Johnny and the rest of the Cobra Kai's were the true Karate Kids? <laughs> I think that's just some fans having fun, twisting the storyline around, you know, and and just trying to get attention online with all the social media. So I, I, that's all I you know I take it I laugh at that kind of stuff. I think it's you know it's fans having fun. And, the Karate Kid fan base is uh, global, and um, it's unique, you know. Yeah, it's multi-generational, too. It is multi-generational. It's very, very unique um, when you compare it to most other movies. In fact, I, I really can't think of another movie that has the sort of fan base that we do and the, and the multi-generational 
um, impact that it's had. You know, you've got parents and grandparents making their kids watch. And I get fan mail from kids. I get fan, fan mail from little kids and saying that they loved Bobby because he was the good guy out of all the bad guys. Yeah, he, he really was. Um, now, yeah. Martin Cove, we, we actually spoke with him, and he talked about how he was originally passed on um, you know, for that role and ultimately got it. W- was he not cast yet when you guys made that rehearsal video? Uh, no, I think he was cast by that time. By the time we were shooting those rehearsal videos, Marty was cast. I see, because Pat Johnson was playing the Crease character. Well, he, you know, that's because Marty probably wasn't called in that day for for rehearsal or you know he was doing something else you know you know a lot of lot there was a lot of stand-ins during the rehearsal process he could have been in wardrobe fittings or who knows what have your relationships been like with mr zapka and martin cove and mr macho uh after after filming well we see i see ralph from time to time at autograph signing events and and um you know we did a little music video that john that billy zapka directed and but Ralph lives on the East Coast. I live in, you know, the West Coast. So it's been a little hard to see Ralph as much as Billy and Marty and, and Tony O'Dell. I'm very, Tony O'Dell and, and Billy Zapka were at my wedding. And I was at Billy's wedding. You know, we're, we're very tight. We're very close friends all these years. Marty as well. Um, they Christmas parties at our houses, uh, birthday parties. You know, we hang out together. We're buddies. Did you guys uh, ever get together and uh, dress up in the skeleton costumes again? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely uh, not. We'd love to see that. Now, you mentioned uh, the the video that uh, William Zapka had uh, directed, and uh, one of the other things that uh, at least some of you guys got together for again was an episode of Tosh.0. Uh, I was wondering how that came about and uh, what the experience was like on that. Oh, that was me and Marty Cove. Um, we did an episode of Tosh.0. I don't know. I just got offered the role. Tosh.0 production called me up because some bonehead <laughs> tried to break a board over his head <laughs> and uh, couldn't do it. <laughs> Hurt himself, I think. <laughs> so, you know, so they used to take those videos. And so they called the, the guy in that posted that video online. And, and we did a spoof, a Karate Kid spoof on that you know with marty and i it's very funny actually oh yeah yeah it was great we had original lines from the original karate kid like you know but since you know marty's like here use this board he scored the board so it'd break easily over my head or whatever and uh you know here use this board i'm 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 like but sensei i can beat this guy (laughs) and uh it's it's a funny spoof Uh, it was very fun to do now, have you been able to uh, catch the, the Cobra Kai uh, TV show or on, on YouTube Premium? I have. I finally got around to it. I have a four-and-a-half-year-old daughter. I tell you, boy, if I try to send an email, she wants my attention. So um, raising her is what I've been focused on for the last four-and-a-half years. So watching TV and and you know, and intentionally going in and, and subscribing to something like YouTube Red um, and sitting down and finding the time to watch them when she's not around has been a challenge. But I finally got through all 10 episodes. Were your thoughts on the, on the new Cobras having been a character who was uh, pretty gray himself? They're a great cast of young actors. I, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, they're talented. 
<laughs> I really enjoyed the the characters that they the the actors that they cast were I thought were very very good. Now I did see something um, online, and I'm not sure if you've seen it, but it's been circulating quite a bit. It's it's a black and white photo of you and the other cobras with Pat Morita in the middle, uh, making a silly face. I think he's sticking out his tongue. Do you remember that photo? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what was that about? Ah, we were just having an ice ice cream break uh, on the set, and um, we just gathered around. Pat. We had a still photographer, you know, Jerry Weintraub hired a still photographer to snap thousands and thousands and thousands of photos. So it was just one of those times where the, the still photographer was around, we were around and he said, Hey guys, can I get, can I grab a photo of you? And so we were on ice. We all had popsicles in our hands or whatever. And we were just, you know, Pat, Pat Morita being the amazing, funny guy that he was, we called him uncle Pat, you know, he just making silly faces, having fun. Yeah. Also being part of the Karate Kid, obviously it's a, it's a classic movie. Uh, what has it been like? Uh, as you know, you mentioned you've attended some of the cons. Do you have any crazy stories with fans or anything like that? Uh, I don't, I have mostly really good experiences with fans. Um, I had one crazy dude years and years ago want to uh, fight me. <laughs> oh my God. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, he was, I don't know. He was just a nut, but I have had nothing but positive, well, almost nothing but positive experiences with the fans and the fan base and parents wanting their kids to meet me and, and sign autographs and tell me about people telling me about how the karate kid changed their lives. And mostly because the karate kid initiated them into martial arts, got them started in martial arts. And you know, I'm a martial artist and I know for a fact that 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 the martial arts world changes lives for the better. It, it's gotten people off of drugs and people who are close to suicide. And, you know, I, I know personal stories about people getting involved with the martial arts and having it change their lives. So the Karate Kid initiated so many people worldwide, you know, to get into the martial arts and um, and it's changed their lives for the better, for sure. And it, even if it wasn't through the martial arts, it was some of the lessons that came out of the Karate Kid and, and the inspiring Mr. Miyagi type lessons and people overcoming overcoming bullying and that type of thing. There's, it's just been an amazing experience interacting with the fan base. And it's been a sort of a surreal and amazing and honor. I'm very honored to be a part of the cast of the Karate Kid, the original film that has left such a legacy and an impact because uh, like i said most films don't do that it's very very rare yeah yeah it's very very rare and it's very very few films that you that people sit down and watch over and over and over and over again you probably name them on one hand yeah now you had mentioned uh john elvidson a couple times uh, a few years ago you were involved in a documentary about him called the king of the underdogs uh what can you uh tell us about that experience and do you have any stories uh about mr elvidson that might uh be interesting oh yeah i was at his memorial not too long ago and and um it was a sad day to see such a legend you know leave Hollywood, uh, Hollywood, so Hollywood's loss. And like I said, I think he's a very underrated director because mm. he, he, you know, he gave us some good stuff. If you, if you, if you know his credits and you know his background, he gave us some good films. Um, I, I was honored to be a part of the documentary and talk about 
John. The story, I've got several stories about John Avelson. You know, I think one of the ones I love the best is that you never know. We didn't know we were making, a, you know, an iconic film that was going to last 35 years later. We're doing a television series with the original cast members. We didn't, we didn't know that, you know, we didn't know there was going to be such thing as streaming video. No, I mean, this is just so surreal to live it, but uh, we just, you know, we hoped we were making a good movie. And so I and my fellow Cobra Kai brothers and John Appleton, and I don't think Ralph was with us that day. I don't remember, but we went to Westwood to watch opening night in Los Angeles. I think it may have been a pre-opening. I'm not, I can't remember, but whatever it was, the theater was full. This was the first time of us watching the movie with fans, you know, with people, with the, the public. And the theater was full. And I, I was sitting next to John Avelson. And we're watching the movie, and it's getting great crowd reactions. And John was looking for the crowd reactions, you know, to, to see how it was playing with the public. And at the very end of the movie, when Ralph snap kicks John, uh, Johnny in the face, Billy, Daniel, <laughs> when Daniel hits, <laughs> hits Johnny in the face with the kick, the crane kick, the crowd cheered, but there was a guy de- way down. We were sitting in the back and there was a guy way down in front who jumped up on the seats and threw his hands in victory, you know, and you could see his silhouette on the screen. He was jumping up and down on, on top of the seats. And John Alvelson leaned over to me and he says, we got a hit. Oh, that is so such a cool story. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, God, you know, coming out of your mouth, I'll, I'll take your word for that. <laughs> yeah. One. yeah, yeah, yeah. He gave me chills. Um, yeah. I know we're kind of running, uh, running down, uh, running out of time with you here. Um, you you mentioned some of the experiences you've met with uh, fans and just other people. Now uh, I understand you're a life coach and also a motivational speaker. Can you talk a little bit about your book? Because I just I love the title of your book. Uh, well, which one? Positive thinking is for sissies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, uh, my life kind of parallels Bobby in a way. Um, you know, because I envision Bobby, you know, with this whole Cobra Kai series, it made me think, where's Bobby now? You know, what's Bobby up to? And um, I've got some interesting storylines I, I could run by the producers for sure. Based off of the whole thing I told you about Bobby's heart and soul when he drops the belt at Crease's feet, he actually, in essence, leaves the Cobra Kai. And you know, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, they could easily edit that back into the series. That, that missing scene. Well, except I was out in the parking lot at the end when uh, Miyagi honks Kreese's right. nose. Yeah, so, the second and, and they wanted me there. Yeah, that's part of the reason why they didn't use it, because they wanted me there in the... Because the end, that was the original ending of the movie, and we ran out of time. It was New Year's Eve. It's, it's a long story. Ah. So we came back in part two and, and used that... Um, there was a whole, my understanding is there was a whole screenplay written or an, an idea, a treatment written for a screenplay for the sequel where I come back as Daniel's friend because he in, in essence left the Cobra guy, but I want to make it right. We're going to, we're going to make, do this thing. We're going to make it right. And then Daniel and then Bobby in essence, it, using that scene makes it right. He's, he apologizes to Daniel and he drops his belt at Crease's feet and walks out. So, 
you know, where is Bobby nowadays? You know, he makes it right and, he, and he's giving back. And, and so my life as a, and as an actor, well, not as an actor, more as a, as a motivational speaker and life coach, et cetera. And, and some of these, um, self-help books that I'm have written and, and am writing right now. Um, positive thinking is for sissies being one is a way of, uh, it's kind of Bobby, you know, making, helping people make their lives right. You know, and I really enjoy that. One of the things I enjoy most about the karate kid is how it's changed lives. You know, acting is acting. And I'm passionate about it. I love, I love creating characters and acting. I always have, but you know, how much impact can an actor have on people's lives? They have a platform, but can they really change people's lives? So that's why motivational speaking is intended for that and, and writing those types of books. Positive thinking is for sissies is in essence, I'm not saying positive thinking is a bad thing. I'm saying it's fine. I think we should all think positive, but if your strategy for winning in life and changing your life is to think positive, then you're a sissy <laughs> because mastering yourself, which is what the martial arts requires you to do is for warriors. And that requires looking in the mirror and that requires acknowledging some things about yourself that you might not like. And that it requires you owning those things and mastering those things because until you do, they're mastering you. So positive thinking is for sissies is really about self mastery. And I think all of the, my content in my speaking and, and my books and even teaching martial arts, I owned my own schools in, in Los Angeles, um, was about self mastery really. And that's what the whole martial arts is all about. So that's how I sort of parallel my real life with the whole karate kid theme and, and the character of Bobby himself. Now, your book, it does have its own website, which I will include the link in our show notes for uh, the listeners that are interested. Uh, but where else can they uh, find your book if um, if they want to visit a store or another website or something? Yeah, it's on Amazon. You can go to my website, senseironthomas.com, and I think it links you over to Positive Thinking is for Sissies. Um, and there's another book that I'm writing right now. I, don't, I can't tell you the title, but I can tell you that it's, uh, play off of the Karate Kid. So Karate Kid fans, once I release this book, are really going to enjoy the book I'm writing right now. It's a little slow in coming. Like I said, I have a four and a half year old daughter and, you know, I've been writing it for a while, but it's, I, I you know, I've committed to finishing it, at least the, the initial draft of it by the end of the year. And Karate Kid fans will really love it. Great. Perhaps that uh, when it comes out, perhaps we can have you back on to talk a little bit more about it. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. People can follow me on Facebook, Sensei Ron Thomas, Facebook forward slash Sensei Ron Thomas. If you don't know how to spell Sensei, it's S-E-N-S-E-I. A lot of people don't. Um, <laughs> and Facebook, Twitter, you know, SenseiRonThomas.com. Just stay in touch with me. I've re I recently started doing Instagram more and more. My wife's sort of helping me figure out how to do it. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not the only one who can't really understand that. But it's the platform. It's it is the new thing. So uh, people can follow me and, and stay in touch. And, and, you know, I'll definitely be announcing when that book is out. 
And that concludes our conversation with one sensei, Ron Thomas. So um, I hope you guys had a, a good time listening to it as much as, you know, a good time we had speaking with him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at the beginning of the episode, you mentioned uh, all the great stories that uh, we're getting straight from the, the actors. I, I, just, I think the story of the premiere and the audience reaction <laughs> as it was being played literally for the first time in front of an audience that has got to at least be in my top five or three stories I've heard from the production of any of these movies or television shows. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it was a really good one. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned during the interview, it, it gave me chills just hearing that because I was imagining it play in my head. You know, his words, yeah. words were very descriptive. I mean, he, he he's a great speaker, right? He's a mo- motivational speaker, so he's great with words. Um, but, uh, yeah, unfortunately, you know, we ran a little bit out of time because clearly there could have been a lot more we could have asked him. But, you know. Oh, yeah, just a, just a fascinating, well you know, I mean, the only way I can put it is well put together, but I mean, mentally, emotionally, he seems like he's very grounded and he's living a hell of a life from the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah, it, it really does. And um, I think it's really cool that he had uh, a background in uh, martial arts already. I believe he was already a black belt. <laughs> uh, I, I wish I could have asked a little bit more about that, you know, because, you know, the, he, he did share that story, uh, you know, with Pat Morita, kind of not f- exactly photobombing, you know, but that, that picture we were talking about. I, I, I wanted to ask how much time he spent around Pat Morita because I'm kind of curious because as I understand it, I think the actors that played the Cobras kind of kept were kept separate, you know, from like uh, Ralph Macchio and Pat Morita. So uh, I want to ask, you know, to kind of get the real story behind that and whether whether that's true or not. Yeah, because I mean, as great a character as Mr. Miyagi is and as great a performance as uh, Pat Morita gave to that character, people kind of forget just how funny Pat Morita was in other work. The guy was a, a, just a, a great comic genius with wonderful timing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we've heard from, like, all types of Breaking Bad um, podcasts where comedians, they have such great timing. That's why they make for um, great dramatic actors as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that wraps up uh, this episode. Um, you know, I say it every episode. I want to thank you guys for your continued support. Uh, without you guys and your interactions, we don't know how much further we could have been doing this. Maybe, you know, we would have just done like episode reviews and then you wouldn't have seen us, you know, until season two. Um, but yeah. yeah, we are always looking for content to, um, you know, make for you guys. Uh, we also did like a first look on the, the Miyagi Do episode. That's getting um, some uh, really good feedback back people are really enjoying that episode so we have a lot of different content you know we've interviewed uh, gosh i don't know 15 16 uh, cast members from the karate kid universe including cobra kai so if you haven't checked out any of those episodes if you're a new listener go back and check those out we you know spoke with martin cove sean kanan a lot of great actors yeah uh and as, as, as far as our uh it's weird saying this our community of listeners goes Give us ideas as far as what you want covered. If you have like show topics that you want to suggest, definitely uh, throw us a, a line over on our Facebook group. Yeah, absolutely. And that Facebook group is very active. We have a lot of fun. Um, people are creating like threads and discussion topics themselves, and we're having a blast in there. But uh, you can find us in the face uh, in the book of faces. Uh, it's <laughs> www period cobra kai period tv a and b group. You spell out the words period. 
Um, and also, you can find us on the other social media platforms. Uh, we talked about Instagram uh, with uh, Sensei Ron Thomas. Uh, our Instagram account is at Cobra Kai Podcast. And you can f- also find us on Twitter at Cobra Kai Pod. Uh, Tom, where can they find you if not uh, other Cobra Kai stuff? Uh, well, uh, as far as Facebook is concerned, I've got a group page for my show. It's called Jake and Tom Conquer the Group. Uh, beyond that, uh, on Twitter, you can find me at The Drunken Dork, and you can listen to me most weeks on a little goofy show called Jake and Tom Conquer the World. And for me, I mentioned uh, I host another show called Podstalgic. It's a retro movie review podcast where uh, Tom has joined me for all four of the Karate Kid movies, uh, which is actually on the Cobra Kai companion feed as well. Uh, but, you know, Tom's been on for like Better Off Dead and uh, the, the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. So we, we he's been on quite a bit, obviously. And, yeah. yeah. And, and it's like at least once a month, it seems like I throw you an, uh, an idea as far as <laughs> other episodes. Yeah, and we keep pushing it back because of all the Cobra Kai stuff we're doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we're having a good time doing that stuff. But, uh, yeah, check us out. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Podstalgic. So uh, thank you guys for checking out this episode. Uh, please subscribe on um, you know Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music. Leave us a, a review, you know, a rating if you really enjoy our show. Help us uh, get out there a little bit more. Um, you know, it'll put us a little bit higher in the rankings. Yeah, I mean, hey, if uh, it, if we're good enough for uh, John Hurowitz to acknowledge us, I'm pretty sure we at least deserve a quick click on the five-star rating system. Yes, and thank you for that little reminder, Tom. Uh, for those that are maybe tuning in for the first time, uh, if you are interested, some of our more popular episodes were uh, some of the panels. Uh, both you and I, uh, Tom, have attended uh, the Rose City Comic Con and the Motor City Comic Con. Um, both of ours had uh, panels with uh, Billy Zapka. Uh, mine had Ralph Macchio and Martin Cove in it. But also, John Hurwitz, he does Q&As on Twitter, and we've done reaction episodes to that called Cobra Kai News. And I believe by the time this come out, we probably already have four. So uh, check them out. They're yeah. a lot of fun. And, you know, there are questions being asked by the viewers and listeners and being answered by John Hurwitz himself. Yeah. So uh, I think uh, that pretty much wraps it up, uh, unless there's anything else you wanted to touch base on. Uh, yeah, I got one little uh, nugget here. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my boss for allowing me to record uh, <laughs> at work. <laughs> so shout out to him, uh, Mr. Jeff W. So um, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's going to do it. So uh, thanks again, everybody, for checking out our podcast. And we'll see you guys next time. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you for listening to the Cortem Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Cortem Parts shows, visit cortemparts.com.